comic hitting the stands, and that's Army of Darkness number 11 by writer James Kahorik, artist Kevin Sharp, with covers by Nick Bradshaw, Kevin Sharp, Pablo Marcos, and Matt Smith, all those shipping in equal ratio. Returned from the past, Ash finds New York City has been turned into a giant nightclub for the Walking Dead. Traveling through the streets of New Transylvania, Ash and Ava must find the fiends responsible for turning NYC into the undead capital of the world and reverse the damage before the curse spreads to the entire world. As the Chosen One and Daughter of the Dead face the collected might of the monsters, Dracula initiates the ultimate endgame. The ultimate horror showdown concludes as Ash faces off with Dracula in the battle to end all battles. The big news here, of course, is that we've just announced a crossover featuring Dynamite's Army of Darkness and the Marvel Zombies. Overseen by zombie expert Robert Kirkman, the series will be written by John Lehman, art by Fabiano Neves, colors by June Chung, and Arthur Sudam will be providing the covers. Look for it all beginning in March. Also this week, we have the Army of Darkness Collected Edition trade paperback written by Sam and Ivan Ramey, and of course painted by John Bolton. The trade collection features two covers, one by Bolton and the other the AOD movie poster. This Army of Darkness trade paperback collection presents the complete adaptation of the Army of Darkness feature film, featuring 88 pages of nonstop ash action. This trade is a must-have for your reading collection. We also feature an interview with Bruce Campbell by writer Kirk Busick, who also provides the foreword. And we also have a hardcover edition available. Now, this collection has been often delayed. It is finally released. We're very happy to have it out there. A lot of good reasons for the delays. We won't go into those here. And we also saw some people complaining about the price, and we would like to add that we are very sensitive to price concerns. We listen to all of the concerns voiced on the internet or via email or via phone call. And uh, this has been out of print for a good long time. We're happy to have it back in print. The individual issues are very hard to find. Individual issues go for a good deal of money. We felt that pricing it as we did was the right thing to do. And uh, we will be uh, listening to your concerns in the future. Also this week, we have the Red Sonja vs. Thulsa Doom trade paperback written by Luke Lieberman and Peter David. Art by Will Conrad, covers by Gabrielle Delato and Will Conrad. This new trade paperback collection collects the first four-issue Red Sonja miniseries by writer Luke Lieberman, Peter David, and Will Conrad. Falsa Doom is introduced to the Hyborian world in this miniseries, collected here for the very first time, featuring the comics debut of writer Luke Lieberman, along with legendary writer Peter David and artist Will Conrad. This collection features Sonya's return to Harkonia as she battles with Thulsa in his never-ending quest to answer the Riddle of Steel. The trade paperback collection also features a cover gallery and Thulsa Doom character sketches from Will Conrad's sketchbook. Writer Luke Lieberman is hard at work on his follow-up to this miniseries. The follow-up would be called Doom of the Gods, and it will pit the She-Devil once again against the powerful Thulsa Doom. Look for issue one of this new series in early spring of 2007. Next week, in finer comic shops across the country, look for New Battlestar Galactica number three, Xena number four, which is the conclusion of the Contest of Pantheons, and Red Sonja number 16, which of course features the epic return of Kulan Goth. Last week, we talked about our Red Sonja 35th anniversary plans, and that's 35 years in comics, of course, and our plans for January concerning the She-Devil. This week, I want to hit the highlights for the rest of the month. New Battlestar Galactica number 7, written by Greg Pak, with art by Nigel Rayner, covers by Nigel Rayner, Stefan Sejic, Jonathan Lau, and a Galactica photo cover. 
In this issue, facing an attack by new Cylons, Adama forms a returner brigade to be led by Sharon and then ruthlessly engineers a battle between three different groups of Cylons, the OS Cylons, Sharon's army, and a troop of new Cylons Centurions as terrible moral choices abound. Greg Pak has planned his 12 issues, 13 if you count number zero, in three arcs, and this issue is the penultimate of the second arc. We hope you're enjoying the series. Also in January, the new Battlestar Galactica hardcover, featuring a previews exclusive cover by Steve McNiven. We collect issues 0 through 4 of new Battlestar Galactica in one hardcover printing. Written by Greg Pak and illustrated by Nigel Rayner, New Battlestar Galactica hardcover features an unseen season of the all-new sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. In this opening story arc, the dead have returned, but are they part of a prophecy or a Cylon plot? The hardcover also features a complete cover gallery, DVD commentary from the creative team, behind-the-scenes material, and more. We are advanced to listing this. It is shipping in April, and we also have a photo cover available featuring the Cylon simply known as Six. Also in January, New Battlestar Galactica Zarek Number 3, written by Brendan Jerwa, art by Adriano Batista, cover art by Stefan Sejic and Adriano Batista. Issue number three hurdles us towards the final Cylon conflict as depicted in the reimagined Battlestar Galactica miniseries. Incarcerated, but by no means powerless, Zarek completes and publishes his book as his power base swells. But as he heads to a parole hearing on board the Astral Queen, the Cylons reappear to attack the colonies. The penultimate issue of the Zarek story is brought to you by writer Brandon Jerwa and artist Adriano Batista. Also on the Galactica front in January, Classic Battlestar Galactica number 5, written by Rick Remender with art by Carlos Rafael, covers by Dave Dorman and Carlos Rafael. The adventures of the classic crew of Galactica continues. Issue number 5 features the wrap-up of our pulse-pounding first story arc, featuring the rescue of Starbuck and a lost group of colonial survivors, and takes the action back to space as writer Rick Remender prepares his next thrilling storyline. Classic BSG number one is a big hit with Dynamite selling out of its run, and we've been considering a second printing. Reviewers are raving, though I mentioned last week some fans are unhappy with the setting of the story. But after this issue, we present Cylon Apocalypse number one by Javier Grillo Markswatch and Carlos Rafael. And after that, we have another big name looking to tackle the classic crew. Please stay tuned. Also in January, Lone Ranger number five, written by Brett Matthews with art by Sergio Cariello and colors by Dean White. Covers, of course, by the amazing John Cassidy. The Lone Ranger makes himself known, hoping to draw the man behind the murders of his father, brother, and fellow Rangers out in the open. But will his frontier justice reach Black Bart in time, already a visitor in the home of the only family John Reed has left in the world? As we discussed last week, the dividing lines in this series have been defined by some fans at the message boards, and more on that in a little bit. But one thing we can't argue about is sales. With issues 1 and 2 sold out once again, and Dynamite considering a third printing of number 1 and a second printing of number 2. Writer Brett Matthews has just turned in his final draft of issue number 5, and it's powerful, powerful stuff. A lot of people have been asking about what happens to the book after issue number 6, and we'll have more details on that in future podcasts. Also in January, Dynamite Select, Lone Ranger poster by John Cassidy and Dean White. Our first Lone Ranger poster will be featuring John Cassidy and Dean White's cover from the sold-out second printing of issue number one. Poster measures 18 by 24 and is advanced solicited shipping in April. Also in January, the immortal action continues with Highlander number four by Michael Avon Oming and Brandon Jerwa with art by Lee Motor, cover art by Tony Harris, Billy Tan, and Dave Dorman. Our opening story arc comes to a globe-spanning conclusion. 
as we present Connor and crew racing to destroy the remnants of the Kurgan super soldiers in the present, allegiances will fall apart and a traitor will be revealed. Issue number one of Highlander has been another strong seller and reviews have been very strong. We're taking a slight break after this issue with a special done in one by Jirwa and guest artist Kevin Sharp and then we get right back into the action with issue number six from Jirwa and a new artist we'll tell you about in the coming months as we present a tale starting in issue number six featuring Duncan and of course Connor's Dark Quickening. Also in January from Dynamite Select, Highlander number one premium uncut sheet of covers. We are bringing you the uncut sheet of the first cover from Highlander number one. It's the ultimate collectible and a great way to celebrate Connor McCloud's 20th anniversary. The cover sheet ship rolled and measures 21 by 30. Xena number six will be shipping in January, written by John Lehman with art by Noah Salonga, colored by Chris Garcia, cover art by Fabiano Neves, Jonathan Lau, Stefan Sedgic, and a Xena photo cover. Gabrielle and Joxer concoct a plan, a plan to infiltrate Xena and her ruthless criminal companions. Can Gabby and Joxer find their way in, convert Xena, and not lose their heads in the process? Find out. Plus, the return of Ares. And finally, in January, we have a couple of previous convention exclusives, the Savage Red Sonya No. 1, Frank Cho Goldfoil Baltimore Convention Exclusive, and the Battlestar Galactica No. 1, Michael Turner Virgin Cover Baltimore Exclusive. Those will be available from us in January. The Dynamite boards are still alive with discussion about the differences between the new and the traditional, but one thing the reviewers all agree on, they love the Lone Ranger. Tanya Crawford of Broken Frontier recently wrote, quote, This creative team is helping to redefine a much-beloved character for a whole new generation of fans, while still keeping things true at heart for the older generation. It is gratifying to see the Lone Ranger among the resurgence of Western comics in today's market. There is a place in the world for characters like these as long as teams like Matthews, Cariello, and White are on the job. Thank you, Tanya. Our own Michael Dean, a.k.a. Mad Mikey D on the Dynamite boards, just wrote to say, As a longtime fan, I can understand some older fans being upset by this title. While the Rangers world is a darker and more violent one than we have experienced in the past, I feel all the essential elements are still there. This is a more mature take on the Ranger legend, and I think the world at large is ready for it. I could still share the Clayton Moore Lone Ranger with my little kids, and this version with the ones who are too old for the TV show. Keep up the good work. End quote. Moving on onto the Highlander front, Dave Baxter over at Broken Frontier wrote a lengthy piece about why he didn't like Highlander number one. Now Dave praised the art, saying, quote, The art on this book by Lee Motor is fluid, well executed, flawlessly paced, and visually as slick as a slip and slide for the eyes. End quote. And he praised the actual writing of Jirwa and Omi, saying, quote, Equally strong with above-average rhythmic dialogue and a fabulous use of the more obscure characters and sequences from the film. End quote. But here's the rub. Quote, the events of this comic take place five minutes before the end of the first film, minus all the quotes I just gave, and reimagined said film's basic content to coincide with the TV show's content. So the infamous gathering was not the end of the thing, but rather the kickstart of a much more epic struggle. And that is still, in the comic and TV continuity, an ongoing, long-lasting process. To be very blunt about this, oy vey, end quote. Now, Dave's not wrong. We absolutely ignored the ending of the first movie while setting the comic book series after the events of the first film. But see, every Highlander movie and the TV show ignored the end of the first movie as well. We talked about this in interviews around the time of issue number zero, that we were creating something that took the recognizable elements of Highlander we're adding in Duncan and elements from the TV show and starting as fresh as we could. We think we accomplished just that. 
I will add that Highlander guru David Abramowitz reads every story idea and script and has been very happy with what we've put together so far. So Dynamite's Highlander is covering its bases with old and new fans. But thank you for writing, Dave, and I recommend everyone go and read his full piece. Before we go, let's do a Dynamite Tease of the Week. This week, word comes from Dynamite Worldwide Headquarters that a new comic book license has been signed. And Dynamite will be launching the license with a special crossover featuring another well-known cast of characters. Look for more details in the weeks to come. And that will do it for this week. Look for this thing to continue to evolve and fire on all cylinders as we get a few more under our belt. Thanks to everyone who listened last week and wrote in, and thanks to everyone listening today. As always, we can be reached online at www.dynamiteentertainment.com, and I can be reached at submissions at dynamiteentertainment.com, and I read everything that comes my way. I promise. To find a comic shop near you, visit csls.diamondcomics.com or call 1-888-COMIC-BOOK. Until next week, thanks for listening, and as always, thanks for reading.